With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. American soccer fans, welcome to episode 87 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Don Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. There's a two couple of things that we need to discuss involving the U.S. men's national team. Some news has come out since their loss to the Netherlands at the 2022 World Cup. One, dealing with the coach, Greg Berhalter, and the other, dealing with a potential tournament that the U.S. could be involved in in 2024. We begin first with Greg Berhalter and the news that came out just a couple of days ago that U.S. soccer has started preliminary talks over a contract extension for Greg Berhalter to remain potentially as U.S. men's national team head coach for the next cycle. Obviously, this is something that has arisen since the U.S. has been eliminated. Berhalter's contract expires at the end of the year, and there was talk about whether he would be retained for the 2026 cycle, which includes, obviously, the 2026 World Cup that we are co-hosting. I will say that also, according to these reports, one by Doug McIntyre of Fox Sports and the other by Jeff Carlisle ESPN, Berhalter is also considering options for European clubs to coach them uh, and he's considering all that over the next couple of weeks. He said he wants to take some time to kind of think things through before figuring out what he what his next move is. So I wanted to talk a minute about Greg Berhalter. And you've seen, uh, if you've been to StarsAndStripesFC.com, lately we had a roundtable with all of our writers about Berhalter's performance in Qatar and whether or not we he should be retained for the next cycle. And I'll just give my personal thoughts on Greg Berhalter. I thought he did a good job in Qatar. Was it the best job? No, uh, but it was, uh, I thought, a good job in getting the players there, motivating them to be successful and getting out of the group. And again, uh, once you get out of the group, you're playing with house money. And the probably his worst coaching job and the team's worst performance was against the Netherlands in the round of 16, which ended their time at the World Cup. But for me, short of winning a World Cup, and even then, I'm skeptical. I don't see a path where a coach should ever be retained for more than one cycle. I just don't see any advantage to it. And every time that the United States in particular has had a coach that has gone into its second cycle, that coach has either been fired or the cycle turned out poorly. If you look at Bruce Arena, you look at Bob Bradley, you look at Jurgen Klinsmann, the last three coaches that we held on to for more than a cycle all of them either ended with a exit at the World Cup that was brutal or they were fired shortly into their second cycle. And I think in the case of Greg Berhalter, while I think he did a good job as coach, he did his job. He got us back to the World Cup. He brought in some great players and has created a young core that we can be excited about. I don't see any advantage to 
bringing him back for another cycle. And that's just, again, because I don't think any coach should be back. It's not a particular shot on Greg. It's not a particular shot on any coach. It's just the, the evidence is there that points to this being a bad idea. Now, the problem with these preliminary talks is we're not, as of right now, talking with anyone else. And the cycle for us begins right now because the World Cup is only three and a half years away. And so there's talk about maybe extending Berhalter through the end of the summer so that he can compete in Gold Cup and Nations League to see how it goes. Also to give us some buffer time to talk to other potential candidates. And I don't see any advantage to that either. Like, let's not kick the can down the road. That's exactly what we did in this last cycle. If you remember, we hired we hired Dave Sarakin back in 2018. He was the caretaker manager for a year until we hired Burhalter. And again, we knew Burhalter was going to be the coach even back in 2017 when Bruce Arena was fired. We didn't make the World Cup and Dave Sarakin took over on an interim basis. But we waited 14 months to hire him, even though we knew he was going to be the guy. And we had that lost year that a lot of people think contributed to some players not developing. But again, we overcame that to make the World Cup. I, I think kicking the can down the road in this cycle would be disastrous because, again, the cycle is shorter. We have a lot of things going on. And we need to start the cycle now and not like we did in 2018. So I hope they're looking at other candidates. I hope they're either talking to other candidates or at least have a list going. And at the end of the day, I hope that this decision comes fairly quickly. We have January camp around the corner. I'm not as concerned about that, but nations league is in March. I think by nations league, we need to have a coach in place, whoever it is, whether they decide to retain bear halter or bring in someone else, that coach needs to be here so that we can start the process of evaluating players of expanding our core and building our depth and also for some of these players to start playing together in high profile and high pressure situations. We'll talk about one of those after the break, but I think this cycle isn't any less important because we're hosting it. And because we don't have to go through qualifying, it might be more important because we are hosting it. And that the, the elevation of this team into the limelight is going to only continue over the next three and a half years because the world stage is coming to our shores. And I think that our team needs to be ready for that. Our coaching staff needs to be ready for that. And that starts right now. It starts with evaluation. It starts with, you know, who is going to continue as a part of this program. We have a couple of guys that are getting older. We have our young core that's going to only get better. And we have some guys behind them that might be ready to be on the national and inter, really the international stage. Who are those players evaluating and seeing what those guys can do is a part of this process. And over the next few months, we need to start doing that, but we also need to do that knowing who the coach is going to be. So the preliminary talks are one thing, say what you want about whether you want Greg back for a second cycle. But I think all of us can agree that this process should go fairly quickly in the sense that we should know what the direction of this program is going to be by the start of nations league in March. And we should know who our coach will be. So let's leave it there. The Copa America is the tournament that could feature the United States in 2024. And it could be once again, coming to America. We will discuss all of that after a quick break. Be right back. 
All right, and we are back. And according to several reports out there, the Copa America, which is South America's continental tournament, could be featuring the United States men's national team in 2024. Now, this is something that has happened four other times in history, most recently in 2016 for the United States when they hosted the Copa America Centenario. It featured not just the United States, but it featured five other teams from CONCACAF in addition to the 10 teams that make up Common Bowl in South America. This time around, as a part of the process of getting competitive matches without being in qualifying, it has been reported that the United States, Canada, and Mexico would be invited to compete in 2024 Copa America. There are, the, the reports are, are iffy about whether Mexico was invited, but for, let's, let's assume that that is correct along with the United States and Canada. The problem, at least for me, is one of the rumors is that the United States could once again host this tournament in this scenario. And it would be similar to Copa America Centenario in that you would have all 10 Bowl teams plus six teams from CONCACAF. Three of them would be determined through the Gold Cup next summer. Most likely, if this were to happen, that would be how the United States would be involved. And before... 2016 was kind of a made-up tournament. There wasn't supposed to be a Copa America in 2016, but given that it was the 100-year anniversary, they decided to have one and feature CONCACAF as well. This time around, this is part of the actual rotation of Copa America. They have moved to the years where the Euros are held so that it doesn't compete uh, in the offseason in 2023 or the year after a World Cup. So they moved it to 2024 to align with the Euros, and so that way they'd have a better chance of getting their players released. The problem is, is that it was supposed to be in Ecuador. Ecuador has given up those hosting rights. Peru has since indicated interest in hosting the World Cup. There's a lot of people in South America who think that Argentina or Colombia should host it because they were supposed to host the previous Copa America. That was moved to Brazil due to COVID, and put behind closed doors. So a lot of them think it's really their turn in the rotation. Comet Bowl has a rotation in alphabetical order. Every single nation gets a chance to host uh, their tournament every four years. But the issue for me is that the United States is going to host South America's tournament, according to these rumors. And I think that is a mistake in the sense that the United States doesn't need this tournament to prepare for the World Cup if it's played in the United States. They do need the tournament, and I think it's great that they're in the tournament, but they should be focusing on going to South America to play this tournament, not having South America come here. Yes, some people will say you need opportunities for the team to get used to playing big games in front of home fans in big stadiums. We have plenty of opportunities for that. We have the Gold Cup, we have the Nations League, and we'll have plenty of time for friendlies, and that will occur. And it's not like Canada or Mexico is saying, hey, we want to host it as well. They are also hosting the 2026 World Cup, but you don't see them asking to host Copa America on the, within their borders. And they could ever easily do that as well. We could easily make this a tournament where, again, all three nations could be hosting it. But the United States, for some reason, over the last few years, every single time they have wanted to or expressed interest in playing in Copa America, they've always coupled that request with the sort of demand that is played here. And I think that the United States is a little short-sighted in that they're, they're really not looking to help the United States in that scenario. In this scenario, if the United States hosted the 2024 Copa America, 
the biggest winners would not be the United States. It would be the seven to eight South American teams who will make this World Cup in 2026 that will have the luxury of being able to test out some of these stadiums that will be used during the World Cup. Some of the logistics, some of the traveling between getting used to that. And that's not something that other nations and other confederations can properly do with a turn in a tournament format. So this wouldn't be really helping us. It'd be helping them. And I don't think the U.S. should be in the position of helping anyone. We should go and compete in this tournament. It's a great tournament. It's arguably one of the best in the world. And it features some of the best teams on the planet, namely Brazil and Argentina, who are still competing at this year's World Cup. But I think the United States needs to go there to experience hostile environments, to experience situations where they're outside of their comfort zone, where they may not have all the fans in the stands. They need to experience this. And to do that, they need to go on the road. And some people think even if you're hosting the World Cup, you should never go on the road. The United States has always been shy about going on the road, especially on the men's side. It's only been recently when we had guys in Europe that we competed in Europe, but even those were considered neutral sites in a lot of situations or behind closed doors due to COVID. But for the United States, they need to go to South America. They need to go to Africa. They need to go to Asia because what teams that we struggle with, what teams that European teams struggle with, it's teams from those confederations. And the United States needs to see every confederation here and on the road to get used to those styles of play before the 2026 World Cup. That's part of the building process. It's not where that game is being hosted that is part of the process. The United States, as I mentioned, is going to have plenty of opportunities to test out these stadiums. As I've said before, I think every World Cup stadium should have at least one U.S. match, probably a friendly, whether it be men or women to test out those logistics, to also get people used to filling those stadiums for a soccer game. But the Copa America is not the place to do it. I think Copa America is South America's tournament. It should be in South America, whether it's Peru, whether it's Colombia, whether it's Argentina, does not matter. A lot of fans are ready to travel, and the team should be ready to travel too to test themselves out on the road against these teams. Because if we do well in South America, that is going to provide lots of lessons as well because, again, the rest of the world is going to say, oh, no, the United States is here. The United States is dangerous. They just went down to Copa America and did A, B, or C, and now they're hosting. They're going to be a tough out. And I think having it at home doesn't necessarily do the team justice. It'll only help the other teams in South America get used to playing in America which is what we don't want because we want to be able to do well and have the home field advantage in 2026. Copa America is not the way to gain that advantage. So we'll continue with that as we go along. Obviously, the World Cup is still going on, but for now, that will do it for episode 87 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, rate, review this podcast. We will be eternally grateful. Five stars are appreciated. If you have questions about the World Cup, Copa America, the next head coach of the U.S. men's national team, the women's team has a loaded schedule coming up in 2023. We're going to be talking a lot more about that. Send those questions to SSFCPodcast at gmail.com. So that will do it for now. Until next time, take care.